Welcome to the West Side Podcast, where you can find real help for real life. We hope you'll take a second right now and subscribe to this podcast and let us know how we can help. You can find out more at westsidecommunitychurch.com. Now join us for this week's installment of the West Side Podcast. Would you guys bow your heads with me real quick? And um, yeah, you can have a seat. Would you bow your heads with me? I would just like to honestly just spend another minute right here in this moment. Um, I have a feeling that there are people among us and myself included that need God to make a way in something. And uh, I think it would be a good time for us to ask him to do that. So would you bow your heads with me? And, And maybe while we're here just in this quiet moment, you're online or you're right here with me, um, you would just tell Jesus what you need. I love it. What scripture says is cast all your cares on him because he cares for you and he can make a way. So I I would love to know if I can just be praying for you. Would you slip your hand up right now? If there's some way, you just need God to make a way in something. You just need him to make a way. Would you just let me know? God, thank you. And when we lift our hands to you, God, it is a sign of surrender. It is a sign of it's an SOS, God, and we pray that you would rush your resources to those today who are just lifting their hands to you saying, God, I just need help. Maybe you're at home. Just, just raise your hand up right where you're at. Just say, God, I just need some help. And we thank you that you're the one. You're, you're the one that can do it. We wait on that, and we thank you that you fulfill your promises, that you're close to the broken heart, that you are right here with us love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you, you guys. Can we thank our band today for... Dang it, Bart. Got me all teared up. Uh, Welcome, everybody. I I just want to pop in here for a few minutes with you before we go into our teaching today. Um, we're actually in a really, really special season. And how many of you guys were here for our kickoff last week of Change Your World? We came, got the pumpkins, got the kits, and we gave you all the stuff. You walked out like with a wagon full of stuff, you know? Um, it's been fun. And, you know, as we were getting ready for Change Your World, we, we kind of sensed, we always try to do something in the fall that would be, you know, maybe something we could all do together and, and we get to do something fun and that would really focus us in on what God wants us to do. But we kind of sense there might be more to this one because we sort of feel like maybe the world is at a bit of a crossroads right now that we've been through, you know, we, we've come out of a pandemic. We've, we've, uh, we've got people looking every which way for answers and hope and help and, um, the question that I have had is, are they going to find what they're looking for? And I don't know. I don't know. I know a lot of people not finding what they're looking for, and you probably do too. So we put something in your seat. We put several things in your seat. And I want to take just a minute to show you what this is and why we're, why we're jumping into more than just a sermon series with Change Your World. We realize it's, it's also a growth group study. There's devotionals going on. If you didn't already go on YouTube and subscribe, you should do that because we've got these daily things coming out. But more than that, we feel led to go on a two-year journey of generosity. And let me tell you why. In the front of this little booklet, if you want to open it up, it's okay if you uh, open it right now. And if you're at home watching or in, in your car or something like that, hope you're not driving while you're watching church. That's probably not okay. Um, but uh, I, I, you can get this, this stuff if you're watching online. You can get it at westsidecommunitychurch.com slash change your world. And... Uh, <clears throat> 
hope you'll go, go get it. But at the front of it, it says this. I believe this is one of the most important moments of our lives. And I really do feel that way. I really do. I mean, I feel like the Lord's been building up towards something big that he wants to do in our world. And you probably have friends and family who've been very discouraged in this last season. And you probably know a lot of people who are stuck there. Uh, I certainly do. You probably know a lot of people who maybe they started off on some unhealthy journey during COVID and it's still going and they need to turn it around, you know, and that's part of what sparked change your world is, is to go, Ooh, God wants to do something fresh and new in our world. And I think, I think we're ready for it, but we also sense that God is doing so much work, new stuff through Westside. And you know what? When COVID struck, we didn't know if we would ever be able to meet again, right? We didn't know what, we didn't even know what church was going to be in the future. I was reading all these doomsday articles, probably a bad idea, but about like, there aren't even going to be cities in the future, you know? And it's like, you're reading this stuff going, what? What's happening in the world? And so we started going like, we don't know what the church is going to turn into, but we do know that it doesn't really matter what happens out there. We're always going to be called to follow, help people find and follow Jesus. We're always going to be called to grow toward Christ. We can do that online. We can do that underground. We can do that, whatever, right? So we just committed to that. And God has been birthing because of what he's been doing. He's been birthing some new stuff. And I want to walk you through it because we feel like right now we're at a crossroads and in many ways we have a decision to make as a church. And the decision is, do we stay in survival mode or do we put the pedal to the metal and do we go for it big to join God in what he's doing? Because he is working and we've watched it happen. And I want to, I want to point out a few things. So take this little booklet, if you would. There's different things in here. The West Side Story, kind of a cute name, huh? Um, and then there is uh, why we do what we do, some stories. There is uh, what's happening today, some neat stuff that God's been doing. And then on page eight, uh, seven and eight, it says our three urgent goals. I just want to share this with you real quick. And then I've got some friends who are going to join me up here to kind of share a little bit from their perspective. Three urgent goals. One, fully resource our church because the future's bright, like really, really bright. And we want to meet that future with resolve and can do and total readiness. Secondly, respond to our space needs. Man, we didn't know if we would ever need space again, but we're out of space. <laughs> That's so exciting to me. In several ways, we're out of space and we're going to talk about that. Um, we want to invest in the next generation. Do you or do you not have a heart for high school students who graduated with no fanfare whatsoever in the last couple of years? Do you or do you not have a heart for young people whose primary instructor is TikTok and wondering what this is going to turn into in 10 years? Yeah, we want to invest in the next generation. And, and so we're going to talk about that. So I'm going to invite my friends up. All right. They're going to come up and we're going to just have a little chat for just a couple minutes about what God's been doing and what they're seeing. And so let's welcome them up right now. You can give them a hand. All right. First off is uh, Kevin Osborne, but actually I, I want to introduce your real title, Rev Kev. This is Rev Kev. This is Pastor Kevin Osborne. If you didn't know, Kevin was recently ordained right here at Westside. We ordained him at our Dream Team Summit. You know, Kevin is one of those people who's all in for Jesus and he's doing some great things. Also him and June lead our food brigade, which has been this incredible story. So Kevin, tell us about the last couple of years, what's been going on with food brigade and what are you excited about in the future? 
So first of all, it's just a, a, an honor for me and a privilege to be here uh, representing Westside Food Brigade and all the volunteers and June um, working tirelessly to make this happen every week. Um, almost, there's about two or three weeks we take off a year. Um, so back in 2018, we became our own 501c3 nonprofit. Um, at that time, we were probably serving 60 to 90 families. Sometimes we did 100. That was a you know an amazing week. Um, when COVID hit, um, we had to change things, and all of a sudden, our numbers almost tripled. So we're somewhere in the neighborhood of 250 to 300 families a week, um, every week. Um, and we are out of space. If anyone has ever peeked in the room over there, it's crammed to the gills. Every closet, every office, every we've taken over the whole lower <laughs> level of the building. Yeah, I keep my computer in one of the refrigerators. You know. Yeah, it's... So we've been praying about it, and Gabe and I have talked about it for years, but now even more so that we need more space. We need more modern space for food, to run this food pantry and storage. So we want to, looking for a building that we can have a loading dock, that we can have a walk-in cooler, walk-in freezer, lots of dry storage, um, places to store stuff and set up and have it permanent that's customized for a food pantry and not multi-purpose as it's been. Plus, we'd also like to get that space back to the church. With all the ministries that are growing, that space is really needed. So we're you know looking to do two things at once. As, as Gabe said, we need more space in the church. So we're looking to expand. Um, Philippians 4.6 says, you know, don't worry about anything, pray about everything. Tell God what you want and thank him for all he's done. So that's what we've been doing. We're just praying for, for everything, everything we do, we've been praying about. And God just keeps blessing us and blessing us. And we are so thankful for Westside Church, the leadership team, all of the volunteers that help us, all the donors. Just an, it's just amazing that we do this every week. And we have never had to tell somebody we don't have any more food, ever. Wow. So... June has that's a saying. That's for the clap right <laughs> yeah. there. And that, I mean, that, can you believe that? Never. Always enough. Yeah. Wow. June, and June came up with a thing. You know, she always says, God loves Food Brigade. And not because of what we do specifically, but for the blessings that he pours out, because we just want to serve. Everybody comes to serve. Everybody comes to take care of our community, to make sure people are taken care of, and the blessings keep pouring out. So we're just playing that, praying that these blessings continue. And I know it went on long. No, no, you did good. <laughs> I, okay, what he didn't I say, and then I want to say is, um, because of this need, he, Kevin's been exploring, and we did a feasibility study, actually, uh, or started one on our property, and we were far enough down the path to know we're eligible to apply for a building permit, we could add a building to our property. Yeah. And we're excited about that. And, um, and so we want to do it. Uh, what The way it'll work is, is that we've got to raise some money first, but then once we do, we can actually apply for a grant from a foundation. There's lots of foundations that want to help with this kind of thing. One in particular that uh, we, we have, a because of our financial consultant, we have a little connection with. And so um, we're going to start pursuing that and see what God does. But it's pretty exciting that we're here, you know, and that maybe God's going to open this up. And in fact, we think that he is. So anyways, thanks for all you do. Appreciate you. All right, next person is actually my favorite one up here. This is my <laughs> wife, Melissa. This is my wife, Melissa, and um, she's just got such a passion for connecting people. And so she's been dreaming about something, and I'm not going to say any more. What are you dreaming about? Okay, so you guys know our little patio area out there, and it's beautiful, and it's fun, and we roll tables and chairs out there for events regularly. But what I envision is like, like a covered patio with like heating and picnic tables and just a wonderful place to connect. Our lobby is small, and 
and we get crowded in there. And so I just think it would be so cool to have a fellowship spot outside where people can connect and have it somewhat covered. So even during the rainier season, we can get out there. And I just envision our events out there and meetings out there and just time together, growing, maybe growth groups meeting in that space. And just as much as we can, just expanding our fellowship space. And that's a passion for me. And I'd love to see a beautiful, colorful, inviting space in the lobby for us to just hang out. So that's kind of my passion. Fantastic. And you might have seen um, a sketch of something like this because we've been talking about this. And, and so it's not, it's not a whole brand new thing, but what we're seeing is it's time. You know, we think it's time for us to do this. So thanks, babe. All right, Megan Bennett is with us, and Megan's a senior at Century High School. Megan's part of our student ministry, and uh, what's cool about Megan is that she's not just been in there receiving, she is giving, she's leading. And so, Megan, tell us a little bit about what our student ministries meant to you, and what you're excited about for the future. Well, I didn't grow up in church, and when I first came here, it's because a friend brought me, and my first thoughts were, wow, it's like a party over there. There were donuts, coffee, games, and the lights were all crazy, music was playing, it was so much fun, and I also got to get away from my parents. <laughs> um, but eventually, other than the partying, you know, we learned our lessons, and I learned about biblical views, and I got guidance in my relationship with Jesus and with God, and eventually that led to my salvation. And... <laughs> You know, our goal is to double our attendance, to double the students that we are reaching so that other people can have a similar experience to what I had, so that we can touch the hearts of others and connect other people to Jesus. But to do that, we're going to need more space. And, you know, it's also important that we have this because in the youth ministry, we are creating later leaders that are going to take over this church. One day, the youth is going to be running here. How long do we have um, before that happens? Give it a week or okay, two. A week or two, all right. Just checking. Um, so I just hope you see how valuable our youth is as I see it. That's awesome. And Megan, thank you so much for sharing. We are so grateful to have your leadership in our team. Uh, one of the things that we, you know, so yeah, we need space. We also need more dollars for staffing, for kids, for students, and for young adults. So across the board, like you said, you know, we just, we see the next generation as the ones we want to invest in. So that's exciting. All right. And then we have got Steve. Steve Quick is our co-leader for Celebrate Recovery. And um, man, yeah, go ahead. I won't be labor. Steve, tell us what's up and why you're excited. <laughs> you're going to be out of job soon? So, <laughs> uh, so uh, Friday and Saturday, we had a, a one-day conference up in Seattle, and 16 of us went up there. Uh, yeah. And I think we got an hour and a half of sleep, something like that. But it was just powerful. It was so cool, guys. It was so cool. I mean, and trust me, there was drama and there was transparency. There was laughter. There was tears. But we came back. We're ready to go. And one of the reasons why it's been so successful is two fronts. One is child care. Secondly, consistent dinners. We're one of the few celebrate recoveries on the west side that consistently offers those two items. So you have single families, 
you have single, uh, single parents that want to be able to work on their hurts, habits, and hang-ups, but now they have a place to be able to go, and they have someone to take the kids over there, and they have a place to be able to eat. It's powerful, guys. Trust me. It's, lives are being changed. Absolutely. And yes, and those two things that we offer cost money, right? Yep. And while um, up until now, honestly, uh, this ministry has grown kind of organically and with, with the generosity and the, and the commitment of the team, uh, oftentimes they're just kind of like going like, well, you know, I'm going to cover childcare tonight. I'm going to cover personally out of their own pockets. And you know, what we've recognized is that God is doing something bigger than that. And it is time, right? It is time for us as a church to acknowledge God is moving in powerful ways and we want to be a part of that. And so honestly, we want that stuff to be in the budget. You know, we want to be able to go like, let's go big with all of this stuff. So thank you guys so much for, for the time and the blood and the sweat and the tears that you put in to helping people find and follow Jesus. He's doing big things through all of you and we're proud of you. Thanks for being up here. God bless you guys. I want, to, um, I want to walk you through just a couple of quick things before we go into our teaching today. And that is, uh, on this, in this booklet on page eight, there's a section that says our three projects. And I just, want to, I just want to walk you through real quick how this could work. Because we believe that this is a crossroads. This is the moment. It's time to do. This is time to go big. It's time to change our world. And that there's three specific projects that we can do to make that really start moving in motion. The first one is space. We talked about that um, and some of the space needs that we have. The second one is staffing. We do need more dollars for staffing. If we're going to continue at this clip, we've got to get more people involved and, um, and make sure that no one gets burned out and that we can really prioritize the things that are important now and next. And then there's the programming. Programming like things like, let's pay for pizza for Celebrate Recovery. You know, let's make sure that things are well supported. And this is all a part of us sort of waking up out of COVID. We didn't know what was coming next, but God has been moving and blessing. And, uh, and I think you probably feel like, like I do. I am not going to miss this opportunity in history. I'm not going to miss it. I'm going to be right smack in the middle of it. And I want you here with me. So I want you to see the next page. There's a couple quick things I want to explain to you. Because we're going to go on a two-year journey of generosity called Change Your World. We did not intend to do this when we first thought of Change Your World as a sermon series, but it's like God said, there's more. Go big. It's time. We're ready. And so what we're asking God to do is to, to help us to bring back more dollars to him so we can do more ministry together. So normally we have a $750,000 budget-ish a year right now. What we'd like to see that grow to is $1.2 million a year over two years. So we'd like to see in the next two years us bring back $2.4 million to God, which I, which I know is a lot of money. Um, do you agree that's a lot of money? Yeah. If you don't think that's a lot of money, let's have breakfast this week. That'd be great. Um, but you can see in, in the chart, uh, the green chart, you know, the kinds of gifts that typically are required to do something like this big as a church. The idea would be somebody's probably going to need to bring $200,000 as a gift over the next two years. And, you know, you might be looking around going like, well, I don't know who has that much money. Well, the Lord does. And, you know, we, we know that if we're God guides, God provides. And so, you know, we're just looking at the kinds of gifts that are probably required. There's going to need to be a lot of people involved in a, in a big way. And then everybody needs to be involved in some way. And that's really the goal. The goal isn't really about how much does who give and all that stuff. And, and that's because we know that God, God guides, God provides. But here's the goal. Could we all have our hand on it? You know, could we all have our hands in the stack, like in a team meeting, go like, go, and we're all a part of it. That's the goal is 100% 
participation. So there's a little uh, commitment card on your seat. Would you pull that out real quick? And if you're online, you can go to that website, changeyourworld.com, or excuse me, westsidecommunitychurch.com slash changeyourworld. It's all there. Um, in, in a few weeks, actually in uh, a little over a month, we're gonna have Commitment Sunday. In other words, we're gonna go on a journey and I'm gonna ask you to do three things primarily. One is to pray because this is a journey between you and God, not between you and me and not between you and Westside. Generosity is always between you and God. And so the question is, Lord, what do you want me to do? And so pray and, and hear God's voice. Secondly, then process. You know, maybe you need to have a conversation with your spouse about this. You for sure do. Um, maybe you need to have a conversation with your kids about this or your roommate about this. Because when we, when we do something big, it's an exciting opportunity to go on a journey together and to pray and to hear God's voice together. So pray, process. And the third one is to plan. That you would say, I'm going to plan out my generosity. Because if we can plan out, then we can know how do we respond? Is it time to do the outdoor space? Is it time to build that building? Is it time to you know, increase our support in our ministries and our staffing? Is it time? We'll know based on the response of our church. And so you can do this. You can look at this little commitment card and you can, you can ask the question, okay, what's my current yearly giving estimated normally? And then second line, what's my expanded giving? Like how am I going to, what's God leading me to expand? And so that would be your one year subtotal on this card. And then it's got the two years. So you times that by two. So we will know, like, what's, what's the two-year investment we're looking at? From, and so my family's going to go on this journey, too. And then, uh, then there's a line that says, gifts from stored assets. I mean, some, some of you might have been asking yourself the question, what should we do with that property that has been handed down in our family? Nobody's ever going to use it, you know, whatever. Like, we could sell that property. Some of you got an extra Maserati in the garage. Whatever, you know, maybe God's given you something that you don't really need and he's talked to you already about, ooh, what if this could turn into ministry, you know, instead of being something that just sits there. So maybe you've got stocks or savings or whatever, but you could put that and say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a part of this. And on November the 20th, we're gonna come together as a church on a Sunday morning in our regular services and we're gonna make a commitment to the next couple of years and we're gonna see where God goes and where God takes us. It, I, I already know this, I'm pumped, I'm so excited. I, I'm not in the least bit fearful about the next two years. I'm probably more excited right now than I've been ever in my life about where the church is headed, not just our church, but the church. I know there's a lot of bad news and I know you hear about all the stuff that's closing down and all that stuff, but I'm also connected to all the new stuff that's starting up in our city. So much good stuff. And we're right in the middle of it and we wanna stay right there. And so uh, I hope, I'm just praying that you'll go with me on this journey. Know this, that this is not a pressure thing. And so if you're, if you're like, I can't or I won't be a part of this, you, you're still welcome here. We still love you. You're still part of the family, okay? This is about you and me going on a journey with Jesus and seeing where he leads us. So thanks for listening. Um, you know, we'll just keep, keep you updated and uh, we're gonna keep learning and growing. Now, right now, I'd like for you to take a quick peek at a video that we filmed a couple weeks ago uh, in Oregon City. So check this out. We got to remember when we're looking at these verses who he was speaking to at the time and 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 what time era it was. Um, he talks about being being the salt and the light of the earth, and he doesn't mix any words. That's true. You know that's <laughs> the that's the thing that I, I love about it. He's like he's like you. It's not you might be or you're going to be. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are the salt of the earth. 
he says. You are mm-hmm. the light. And um, that's really important as we, as you're talking about um, even the, the restoration, like what we're, what we're looking at is going to happen here. That's really where Jesus is, is diving into when he, and, and he's speaking to these, to, to the people at the time of something of value to them. Like I said, that was in Oregon City at uh, what was formerly the Blue Heron Paper Mill, um, and it's no longer a, a mill of any kind. Uh, in fact, it it's, it's joins the ranks of so many things in our world that once were something and now are nothing. You know what I'm talking about? Um, I have an example up here. In fact, this one is really cool. I don't know if you can see what this thing is. Anybody know what this is? It's a TV. It's a Sony Watchman. You've heard of Walkmans. This one was like the next level of cool, right? This is like the iPad Pro of Walkmans. Um, and so this one my stepdad gave to me, and it actually still works. You can, you can still... Can you hear that? It's not on a station because for some strange reason, Sony no longer supports this technology. You can't, you can't use it. It sits in my garage on my workbench like this, and I look at it and go, that's cool, you know? But it doesn't do anything. It's not useful. And I think that the world has a lot of things like that uh, where you drive by this dilapidated building or something that used to be. And here's, here's the danger in our life. What if that's me? What if I get to the point where I, like, I used to be close to Jesus? You know, I used to have purpose and a passion and a vision. I used to know uh, how to reach out and serve people. You know, I used to wake up in the morning excited. What if that's me? And if it is in any small way, here's the message today. It's time for a change. We can't say, I'm going to go change the world if we need to first change. Change the world always starts in our hearts, right? Always starts in our personal lives. So we're going to talk about some really important things. Jesus introduces this concept of salt and light in Matthew chapter 5. So let's go there, and then we're going to get into a couple of really practical things we can learn and do. Uh, Salt and light, Jesus talks in Matthew chapter 5. If you brought your Bible, open it there. If you're using the notes or online on the notes tab, Matthew 5, 13 through 16, it says, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Jesus was talking about a substance of value. Salt back in the day was tremendously valuable and because it was so useful that it was even used as currency because it was so stinking valuable. Um, and Jesus is going, you are the salt of the earth. But apparently, and I, you know, I don't really know this as a kid or growing up. They don't teach you this in elementary school, but salt can go bad. You, I think of salt as like a non-perishable, but according to Jesus, it's not. It can lose its value, lose its saltiness. And if you feel like maybe in some way you have lost your saltiness, then it's time for a change. Jesus says this in verse 14. He says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one, he says, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. And I think it's important for us to pause long enough to look at this and say, 
Jesus, not, not only is it okay for you to go public with your faith, in fact, that's why we do baptism. Jesus says, do this after me, because it's a public expression of our faith. In other words, we're, we are to proclaim, we are to go out there, we are to let it be seen, let it be known, not to brag on ourselves, and that's probably the, the thing that we always shy away from. Like, I don't want to draw attention to myself. I don't want to make somebody think that, like, I'm all, oh, look at me. But he's going, no, let your light shine. Why? So that everyone will praise your heavenly father because apparently you have an impact on other people when they see you doing things that are genuinely good, that are motivated from a changed identity that goes like maybe I was lost, but now I am found and now my identity is different. And so out of that identity, I'm expressing something new. New life is coming out of me. And so there's this deep down actually care for people thing happening. And so when you express that, people are going like, whoa, and it changes their trajectory. And, and so I want to give you two things today that are so important. And the number one in your notes is this, is you are called to be a catalyst. You are called to be a catalyst. What is a catalyst? I looked it up. A catalyst is a substance that causes or accelerates a chemical reaction without itself being affected. So is like a chemical that creates chemical reactions with other substance, with other chemicals, but it doesn't lose its own power. It doesn't lose its effectiveness. It doesn't diminish because it caused a reaction in some, something else. I've got a little choked up today during our songs, especially that third one, Waymaker. And something happened to me when Bart went all in with his voice. <laughs> And I was, I was just in the front row just going like, whoa, man, he is the way maker. And I know that it is God that connected with me in that moment. But I'm pretty sure that Bart had a part in it. I'm pretty sure that if Bart hadn't have, and he doesn't even know I'm saying this, I don't know if he's in the room right now. If Bart hadn't have heard, heard the Holy Spirit and been like, okay, it's time to go big. And then he goes big. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, he's the way maker. What did that do to Bart? Did it deplete him to do that? And was he then like shriveled up and fell on the stage and couldn't sing anymore, right? No. Why did that not diminish his light when he did that? Because he was receiving the light from above and sending it out. And if anything, it in increases our capacity when we do those things, right? Because why? Because we're connected to something bigger than ourselves and we start to recognize it. It's like, I want to do more of that, you know? It's like, why can't my job, why can't my 24-7 be more like that moment right there? I want more of that in my day. I would do that all day long. I think we'd all feel that way. That's what a catalyst is. A catalyst is something that causes or accelerates a chemical reaction within it without itself being diminished or affected. I have three props up here, or four, including my cool watchman. This one, uh, anybody guess what this is? Carrots, right? AKA my new hairpiece. Look at that. I was thinking about this earlier. Um, so they say if you boil a carrot, something happens. What happens to the carrot if you boil a carrot? It gets soft, right? Um, then there's another, another piece I have up here. What's this one? An egg. You might be able to see this better online. Um, an egg. What happens if you boil an egg? Yeah, it gets hard. So the carrot gets soft when boiled. The egg gets hard when boiled. But here's another one right here. Anybody know what this is? It's not rice. It's coffee beans. Yeah. Blue bottle coffee beans. Blue bottle bold coffee beans. 
Oh my goodness, so good. We were in San Francisco a couple years ago, maybe it was last year, and uh, we were downtown and we were looking for a coffee shop and we asked this total business guy who was so decked out, we go like, hey, what's a good coffee shop around here? He goes, the only good coffee shop in San Francisco is Blue Bottle. <laughs> and so we're like, well, let's, let's go there. So we went there, it was amazing. So then we're like, oh, we gotta get these. So my son Caleb found these at Target um, and they're available at Target, Target. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> we don't get any money for that, but we should. But uh, I love it. But let me ask you a question. What happens when you boil a coffee bean? It makes coffee. It makes coffee, right? So look at this. The carrot is impacted by the environment around it, okay? The water changes the carrot. The environment changes it. The egg is impacted by the environment around it. The water changes the egg. The coffee impacts the environment around it. Coffee's a catalyst. Be a coffee bean. Be somebody who goes, I will be so connected to Jesus as the salt and the light, and I'm going to know my identity, and I'm going to be strong in that identity. And so when I go out into the world, I don't need to, like, as Paul said, leave the world to stay connected to God. No. The reason why I'm connected to God is so I can connect with the world. But if I'm a catalyst, I'm not going to be diminished by it. I'm not going to be changed by it. I'm going to be the changer, the change agent. And that's why God calls you and me to be a catalyst. I want to show you a picture from last weekend, kickoff Sunday of Change Your World. There was, our kids ministry was booming. It was so much fun. And I, we caught some pictures. Okay. And I, and I, I love what was going on in our kids ministry. Check this out. Here's the next one. Let me show you the next one. All of them are great. I love this one. We've got kids flopped on the ground. Now there is one casualty over in the bottom right corner. We don't know what happened there. (laughs) But, uh, but the other ones that we got a picture of are okay. And the, the Bible's open. And I'm like, that's beautiful. But here's, the, here's another thing you might not see. Did you see what is on the neck of the other girl sitting there? Westside Kids Volunteer? What? That's beautiful. I mean, that is the point. That's it right there. That's a catalyst. She's like, I'm in. You know, I can't imagine that girl goes to school tomorrow and goes, guess what? I'm a volunteer at the kids' ministry at my church, you know? It changes you. And she's now going like, I'm on a mission. And I could, and I could be an, an agent of change in my church. I can be an agent of change in my school. I could be an agent of change in my street. And that's the point right there. You're a catalyst. There's other examples of this. We, my wife, Melissa, and I got a chance to go to this little retreat center in Sisters, Oregon. And the couple that was there hosting is like a pastor's retreat center, and they try to care for people who've been caring for other people. And so we went for a couple of days, and Harold and Kimmy were our hosts. Harold had had a traumatic brain injury a long time ago and had to totally shift his career because he wasn't able to do as much demanding administrative stuff, and, but he was still very much in tune with people. And so they shifted the career, and they ended up in this place where Kimmy is totally just connected with, with Harold in this ministry, and it's so powerful. Is so, so powerful because they are there not being diminished, but instead being built back up by using their giftedness. Another example, Brianna. Brianna's in my growth group on Friday and she was talking the other day about um, how she's involved in this ministry that teaches and reaches and encourages young people. Man, is that important right now. And she's fired up about it and she's talking and she's, it's like her energy's building as she's talking about the way she gets to serve people. That's a catalyst. 
in, in our church, there's Tony. Tony shows up on Sunday mornings. Tony is, uh, is the guy that keeps us on track. He's a volunteer. He shows up and he makes sure that our band is on time. And then we go through the stage stuff and we go through the process and he's like, okay, hey, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And then he reprimands us if we're talking too much. And then he, you know, prays for us in such this pastoral way. And I love it. Tony's a catalyst. Absolutely. There's Juliana. She's a public school principal in the community and she prays for her staff and she takes our message notes sometimes and, and goes and teaches her staff some of the principles. And she goes like, I'm, I see myself as, you know, somebody who's supposed to be there to bless them. That's a catalyst. You are called wherever you live, work, and play to be a catalyst. And it's a wonderful thing when God taps you on the shoulder and you go, okay, I'm in. Second thing, the only obstacle is fear. The only obstacle is fear. Do we have any blank guessers in the room or online? Do you know what a blank guesser is? It's like when you are taking notes in church and there's a blank and you're like trying to guess what the fill-in is supposed to be. That's a blank guesser. And some of you might have tried to guess what that one's the only obstacle is and maybe you thought money, right? Or energy or ooh, ooh, education. The only obstacle is, oh, connections. The only obstacle is, ooh, personality. Nope. None of the above. The only obstacle to being a catalyst is fear. And God is ready to help you step into your place as long as you will release your fear. Here's the thing. We all need confidence in our calling. And the way you get it is to understand this is not my agenda. It's his agenda. I'm not pushing my ideas. And please don't. <laughs> you know, aren't we all tired of the people that are just pushing their ideas? And sometimes people push their, their ideas in the name of Jesus, and they're not even Jesus's ideas. So be careful about that. But if we're on a mission and it's not our agenda, it's his agenda, then we can have this great confidence like, hey, he's the one sending me. Pretty sure he's going to succeed. So yeah, we can have confidence in that. We can have confidence because uh, we want something for people, not something from people. And that's, that's something we learn from Jesus. We want something for us, not something from us. I mean, that's why I don't mind at all. I used to be scared to talk about money to the church because I felt like, well, the church has a bad rap for that anyways, because money gets misused, right? You hear about these preachers that are flying around in helicopters, you know, and stuff like that. Um, there's a whole, there's a whole uh, Instagram channel about the shoes, the fancy shoes that some pastors wear that are like thousand dollars, whatever. Um, you know, there's, there is abuse of money. I used to be kind of scared to be lumped in with that. And uh, until I realized, well, one, I'm not, I don't have a helicopter or fancy shoes, so what do I have to worry about? But, but the other thing is, is that Jesus doesn't want something from us. He wants something for us. He says, wherever your treasure is, your heart will be also. And so he goes, so if you give, I'm going to give you more. You know, if you give, you're going to be connected to something that's so life-giving. You're going to be fuller than when you started. And, and so I'm like, man, if that's true, then don't I owe it to everybody to, under, to help us understand that giving is a blessing. And that's how God gets his work done. So that took away my fear when I realized it's his mission, not my mission. It's his agenda, not my agenda. I don't want anything from you. I want something for you. And I'm on this journey with you. 
You know, so I think there's that thing that can happen. Now, sometimes you feel unqualified for stuff, and so you get a little fearful. Like, I remember when I first got hired here at Westside, I was 24, just out of college. Yeah, it took longer to get through college. Um, We were married and, you know, trying not to have debt and stuff. So we get here, and Pastor Ken uh, wanted me to fill the baptistry tank because we were going to have baptism. And so I was like, oh, that sounds pretty easy. You turn the water on, fill it up, and bada-bing. And so he's like, yeah, 700, there's a tank back here, 750 gallons, right? It takes 45 minutes to fill. It is water pressure central. If you've ever been back there, it's like a fire hydrant back there. And so it fills up pretty quick, 45 minutes. So he's like, you know, fill it up. And he goes, just don't forget after 45 minutes to turn off the water. I forgot. <laughs> I did. And I was, I was like, I'm dead. I'm toast, you know? I mean, this marine pastor is going to kill me uh, because there was water everywhere. I mean, I remember this guy had to come and with his carpet cleaning business who was a part of the church, he had to come clean it all up. And I remember walking in the building trying to help him out and feeling like this stink eye, you know, evil eye looking at me like he hates me, you know? And uh, so... Then that, it all got cleaned up, and, and then Pastor Ken, next time baptism came around, goes, hey, would you fill the tank? And I was like, no. <laughs> no way. I'm not filling the tank, because I royally screwed that up last time. Well, I did come over and turn the water on and stuff, and guess what? Happened again. Yep, happened again. Some circumstance happened. I don't remember what happened. I'm like, what? It wasn't quite as bad of a flood, but the water was coming over onto the stage, spilling out all that stuff. I, was, I felt like this big, you know? And he's, you know, he's just like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. We'll get it cleaned up. And I was like, how are you this calm? I'm probably, you probably slashed my tires and I wasn't looking or something. <laughs> anyway, so then uh, somewhere along the line, um, there was another moment when I had to fill the baptism tank. And I turned on the water, and I kid you not, I turned on the water, and some emergency happened across town. I had to jet, and I forgot to turn off the water. Three times I flooded the church. I knew that I was fired. So on the way back, I'm like stopping at every gas station. Hey, can I apply for a job here? You know, anything. I get back, and I wasn't fired. In fact, you know what Pastor Ken told me? He goes, don't worry about it. I did the same thing. What? He admitted to me that he also had made a mess, that he also had failed. And I learned an important lesson that day. The way you succeed is by failing your way into it. The way you get into your mission is you got to fail your way into it. And you got to be in an environment where that's okay. And this is that environment. And so I want to encourage you to be somebody who goes, I'm not going to be afraid to mess up. Everybody has messed up. There are no perfect people allowed. And so you can go like, okay, I'm just going to start (laughs) chunking my way to this. And somebody's going to tell me if I'm a bonehead and I left the water on, you know, and then we're going to do this together. And that's, I think that's why I'm so excited about uh, what Jesus wants to do in our lives is because he, he doesn't kick us out when we mess up. And that's a beautiful thing. On the sticker that we gave you last week inside the pack that we gave you, there's a quote. It says, everything that you want is on the other side of fear. And this sticker's on a little starfish sticker. I'll explain the starfish in a second. But would you read the verse outside, uh, out loud with me? Not outside with me, out loud with me. Would you read Matthew 5, 16 out loud? This is the, me- the memory verse of the week, and I want to read it with you. It says this. It says, in the same way, would you read this out loud with me? In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Everyone. Um, there's a story of a starfish. This is why this quote's printed on a star sticker. 
The starfish story goes like this. There's this kid who went out to the beach and discovered that there were all of these starfish lined up on the sand, in the dry sand. And he was really concerned because the tide had gone out, they came up too far. And he's like, these starfish are gonna die if they don't get back in the ocean. And it was miles of starfish lined up that were gonna die. And so he quickly scrambles and starts reaching down and picking them up and throwing them in the ocean. And every, you know, he's just trying to get as many in as he can. Realizes there's miles of these things. This older gentleman comes by and kind of chuckles at him like silly kid looks at him and says, hey, kid, there's so many, you're never going to get all those starfish back in the ocean. It's not going to make any difference. And the kid reaches down and he grabs a starfish, he holds it up, shows it to the guy, and he says, it's going to make a difference for this one. And that's why you're not commanded to change the world. Your mission is to change your world. And if we will all do that, we'll get it all done. And so that's, that's what we're up to today. I want you to see this discussion question for your family at home, your household. Here it is. Which person or cause needs our hope and help this week? Starfish. Pick somebody up. You know, make a difference for somebody. We can do that. I want to I ask you if you'd bow your heads with me and pray, because I think God's going to speak to us today and this week. He's going to show us like a direction that we can take. I mean, if we are here for a reason, and if we're not alone, and if God exists and his power is real, and if Jesus' love is real, and if the, the gift he offered us of salvation is actually true, and if we can have life that is beyond ourselves, and if, if when he gives us a nudge, it's not just us reacting to something that we ate weird the night before, but it is because he's going like, I have something I want you to do. And there's a place that the world needs exactly what you have to give right now. If all of that is true, then this week matters a whole bunch and your life matters a whole bunch. And so I want to pray with you that um, God would guide. Lord, thank you that we're not alone and that we're not working on our own power and that this week, when we recognize there's a place we could insert our energy, we could be a catalyst. We know the enemy's gonna come and, and make us afraid and try to talk us down from a great cause. And Lord, we pray that we would be very alert this week to resist that resistance and instead to move where you're moving, to come to your place of your work and to join you in it and to realize that when we do that, this is a winning cause that all the power of heaven and earth is with us. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. I pray for my brothers and sisters here today who are considering what we've been talking about. Maybe, maybe God brought you here today as somebody who doesn't have a lot of faith experience. Maybe when you hear the word Jesus loves you, that's news and that's new. And maybe your first step today could be just saying yes to him, just starting a relationship with the God of the universe through Jesus Christ, who loves you so much. And so if you're ready for that, I wanna, I wanna say a prayer. And I want you to repeat this in your heart. Would you do that right now? Would you say, Jesus, I believe in you. I wanna follow you. Thank you for loving me and for proving it on the cross. I'm choosing today to give you my life. I'm trusting that you're gonna fulfill your promise to give me life to forgive me of my sins, to give me a home in heaven, to pour your, your own spirit into my life, to listen to my prayers, to never leave me. God, to put me in your family. What an amazing offer. God, I receive it. 
fact, if you're here right now and that's where you're at today and you're ready to start that relationship with Jesus or you just prayed that prayer, would you raise your hand up right now? And online, would you just raise your hand in the chat right now? Let us know. What a blessing. God is doing some new things. That's so awesome. Thank you so much for going on this journey. You will not regret this. Jesus said, whoever believes in me, I'm gonna give them the power to become the children of God. That's you. Jesus, thank you for doing your good work. We love you. We pray that this week would be the best week of our lives so far. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Westside Podcast. We hope that you'll be taking some next steps in your faith journey, and we'd love to help with that. The most important step you can take is following Jesus. And if today you decided to make that step, we want to encourage you and help you. You can text the word Jesus to 503-905-9067, and we're going to send you some things in the mail to help you grow in your faith. We also would encourage you to stop by this Sunday for a live service, either online or on site right here in the Portland, Oregon area. You can find out more at westsidecommunitychurch.com.